0: Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, it's episode number 211 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So I've been going for about about a week or so, I had a string of guests canceling and then I had tech issues the other day and I had to cancel, but we're here today, my guest is here today and we're going to rock this out. So if you're brand new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and I've had guests from all over the world, six different continents, 34 different countries. And everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to be happy. And there's a journey along that path to happiness. And I share my stories, or my guests share their stories, all in the hopes of why you should listen to me. I started doing workshops and doing groups if you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not gonna see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I wanna be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You gotta know your work. All right, so before I bring my guest on, we have the teachable moment of the day. So today we want to talk about those New Year's resolutions that you were so gung-ho about at the end of December. So now we're going into, what's this, the second week? you know, middle, middle of the second week of the month. And have you fallen off already? All right. So for today's teachable moment, so, going back to that video where I said the point of my pain was being told that I'd never run or jump again. So, those, those of you that listen to this on the regular, I've shared that story a million times. But what is the point of yours? Now, what is that one thing that's holding you back, or that one thing that you need to push through, or you, you need to face? Maybe someone hurt you in the past, or you've been through a bad accident, or you just had someone try to clip your wings in some fashion. What is that one thing that you can face? you can get through it and then turn it into something inspirational that you can help other people who are stuck in that same rut. Figuring out that one thing can completely change the entire trajectory of your life. Because I could have taken that diagnosis that I would never run or jump again. And I wouldn't be about to compete in my 160th event coming this Sunday, had I let somebody clip my wings. So what's that one thing? that you can push through and then use that experience to inspire someone else. So that's today's Teachable Moment. So now we're going to talk about how to live your life on purpose and with purpose. And to help me have this conversation, I have Kimberly Young coming in. Hello, Kim. Hi. How are you doing? Amazing. Thank you
1: for Uh, having me. I'm super excited.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to share your, your knowledge, your expertise, and, of course, your stories with us. Appreciate it and where are you joining me from again? Jacksonville, Florida. That's right, Jacksonville. All right, you're originally from there?
1: No, I'm actually, well, if we go way back. I'm actually from Jamaica. I okay. moved to South Florida, and then eventually I moved to Jacksonville about three years ago now.
0: Okay, all right, so what, what brought you here from Jamaica?
1: Well, you know, Jamaican dream is, you know, go to school, get good grades, uh, living in the States has much more opportunities and just, just really going ahead and going after what the American dream has for you. Okay. Awesome.
0: So so you said you, when you first got here, you were in South
1: Florida. Correct.
0: Okay. And what brought you up to Jacksonville?
1: Work, work, my regular nine to five. I I do go ahead and I do still have a, a nine to five. And my nine to five said, well, we, we need to go ahead and we need to have you in Jacksonville. And I said, OK, I guess I'm going. Everybody I spoke to said Jacksonville is like, you know, it's not that great. And, you know, it's like really country. And I will tell you, it was a bit of a culture shock when I got here. But eventually, like <laughs> the gap thing, you get over it. It's definitely nothing like South Florida. I can tell you
2: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been to South Florida a few times. And even even South Florida has its own culture shock, depending on where you are in South Florida. <laughs> right. I've been I've been into some places where there's Bentleys and yes. all these fancy cars and then there's other sides where it's like, um, I don't think I should be here.
1: That's right. That's right. I I, I like to think that once you get to Miami, you just you just got to watch what 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 area you're in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Remember when I first went to Miami? This was in 1995. I went with with two of my friends because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So we actually drove from Rhode Island all the way down to Miami, and we we check into our hotel room. And there's a bullet shot in the glass in the window. And we went break right down. I'm like, can we get a different room? I was like, this is not reassuring here.
1: You didn't feel safe all of a sudden,
0: huh? <laughs> nope, not at all. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit better here. So through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you?
1: Ooh, I have some really amazing best friends. And so I think Well, I have one best friend that would say I'm demanding, but I think I'm demanding because I am requesting a lot of excellence from the people in my circle. Mm -hmm. I have people that will say that outgoing, um, fun, absolutely the life of the party. Um, (laughs) I have friends that would say, I mean, just so many different things. I'm like going through my mind of just the millions of things that they would say, you know, about it,
0: it. It's great to to amass all this success, but are you actually enjoying it? You know, like yeah. take the time to step outside and be like, you know, breathe the fresh air, smell the flowers, enjoy nature, you know, enjoy yeah. time time with your family. Like, it, it, is that stuff happening? Yes. You know, and and I feel a lot of people, especially the ones that resonate with this show, they're in that, that space where they're just mm-hmm. working around the clock. And yes, you have the house. Yes, you have the car. Yes, your kids are in fancy schools and all this other stuff. But are you actually taking the time to enjoy? In order, in order to do that, you have to be disciplined. You have to be be resilient. Like when people people ask me about things, I was like, "You just have to hang on. Like no matter what it is, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to play sports. You're trying to start a business. You're trying to get get promoted in, in your job.
2: For everything into the business, and then they look around and their kid is no longer two years old." He's 16, 17 years old getting ready to graduate and he doesn't want to go to Disneyland anymore, right? Like all these goals that you had in the beginning of being able to travel or being able to, you know, most of the time we as entrepreneurs do it for the people we love, right? We want to create a life of freedom. We want to create that life of choice, but we spend so much time. We, we end up putting ourselves into handcuffs in our business that the people around us suffer. And so how do we build meaningful, relationships with our children, with our spouse, with the people that we love while we're on the journey. Love it. And that's what I, that's what I'm passionate about right there, Robert. That's what I could, I could get on a soapbox and talk for days (laughs) on that subject.
0: (laughs) Love it. So what would you say is, is the first step in recognizing those relationships that need to be made?
2: Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. So I actually have a story. So I had a really good friend. This was back in my my very first, I was very first in entrepreneurship, I guess you could say. I got my start actually um, in a brick and mortar. I actually owned my own mm-hmm. nail salon mm-hmm. um, and then quickly transitioned when I had my first son because I realized that my time was dictated by the people that were across from me in my chair. Yeah. So I turned to network marketing. That was where I got my start in kind of more of an online i guess that's the beginning of my online journey of building a business but i was getting when i first got started in network marketing i worked with a business partner very closely and she's uh 10 years older than i am so her kids were teenagers as i was just getting started in uh you know my mother in being in motherhood i guess you could say and i witnessed firsthand so this business partner of I were very much the same. We're very much, she's resilient, she's passionate and she's a freight train, right? That's the way that she was. (laughs) And I watched as she put everything into her business. And at the time we were building our business more traditionally, we weren't really using any online strategies yet. And so we were traveling all across the Western half of the United States, pretty much growing, trying to grow a team prospecting at malls, Walmart, Starbucks, all the stuff that like I tell people not to do now, I was pretty much <laughs> doing. And I watched as her daughter, it was her senior year. She she made the drill team and she was okay. so excited. My best friend and business partner, I think only made it to one or two of her things the entire year. Okay. And I watched as that relationship with her with her daughter and I talk about it in my book, I watched as that relationship became strained. And even still to this day, my business partner is trying to mend that relationship because her daughter was all like, yeah, you you cared more about your business than you did me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, I, I use that to kind of make that decision on how I wanted to do things differently, right? How I wanted to do things differently. And so for me, it's becoming very intentional about making sure that I'm spending time with my children, with my spouse, with that person. So, those who are listening, whoever that person is in your life, that you're like, maybe that relationship is becoming a little strained because of my business or because of these goals that I've set for myself. It starts, it first starts with intention. Yes. Being intentional about spending time with that person and having a conversation. A lot of times when we're, know and i saw this with my with my friend i've it's happened with me you know in my past of you know being that freight train and kind of mowing people over it can be really easy to allow an elephant to sit in the room between you and that person yeah whereas if you are just intentional about bringing up the elephant and honestly sometimes it takes saying sorry (laughs) right like (laughs) i i've over the last couple years especially it's making sure that I'm saying sorry and not trying to hide how I treated that person. Maybe it was unintentional on my part, but I've recognized that I made mistakes or whatever that may be. It's just knowing that that relationship means more to me than my pride and actually Mm -hmm. going and bringing it up so that we can mend that relationship.
0: Yes. Love it. So my, mine is, it's similar, but it wasn't with one of my own children So when my, when my, I have twin boys, when they were in preschool, they had a me and my guy day. So where the fathers would come into the classroom and spend, you know, most of of, of the day in the classroom. I was one of three dads that showed up. One of three. And so this one little girl, she was in tears. And she comes over to my table because I was with my boys and we're laughing, we're having fun, we're doing crafts. And she's like, mister, can I sit at your table? Because my daddy couldn't come. And that look on her face broke my heart. And I was like, I don't ever want my kids to feel that. Yeah. Like ever. And so because, yeah, in the beginning, that was probably me. I mean, things like that. I always showed up to once I left the restaurant industry, because I left for the same reason, because I was missing those things. Yeah. I just couldn't go. If somebody calls out sick, then I have to change plans. Or if someone doesn't show up, you know, I have to change plans and and run run to the restaurant. So it's like they were always kicked to the curb if something happened in the restaurant. So once I started shifting over into fitness, and then now with speaking and everything, I make sure that. I keep myself available for whatever it is that they have, whether it's sports, whether it's after-school stuff, whether it's parent-teacher conferences, to be present. Because I don't care what people amass in their lifetime. If you if you're not there for your kids, it's all for nothing.
2: Absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And there's actually a chapter in my book where I talk about that, where I talk about you're you're not supposed to take your business. You're not supposed to try and fit your life and your kids into your business. That's not what, that's not how you're going to find happiness. If you want to find happiness, you find a way to take your business and fit it into the lifestyle and that life that you want. Yes. Right. And so it's for me, like my number one, and it's kind of a, I guess it's a tie between my number one and my number two, and that's faith and family. Like it's always been, and it always will be. And so it's, how do you take your business, which is still so important, right? You can't have the lifestyle you want if you're not, actually making money. So <laughs> it's how do we fit the most important things that we have to get done in our day into those pockets between what's most important to us?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So before you got into entrepreneurship, what what were you doing?
2: Yeah, so I was a jack of all trades, Robert. Like mm. by the time I was 24, I had kind of done everything. Like I was a receptionist, I taught school, I uh you know, I I worked at a gym actually. You know, I had done mm. so much and At the age of 24, all I knew was a lot of what I didn't want to do and not any of what I did want to do. I knew that I didn't want a boss. I had actually been fired from (laughs) my last job because I, and it was over something really stupid. Like if, if I were to tell go into that story, which would take too long, you'd be like, really, you were fired over that. I had Mm. never been fired before. Right. Because I'm kind of more of that at the time I was, I care about what people think about me. Like I, Mm gave my all and I was still resilient and passionate and always tried to give my all in everything I did. And so when I was fired from that job, I was just like, I am done having a boss. I am done (laughs) having people tell me what to do. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to beauty school because around here that was really, that was what women who wanted to have their own job did, right? Like who wanted to own their own business. That was what they did. And so I opened my nail salon in 2011. That was when I got started with my nail salon. But then, like I said, I had my first son and I quickly realized that I did not want to own a brick and mortar. That was not for me at the time. I wanted something that I would be able to work from home, actually a home business where I could actually put my son first. And I where I didn't have to worry about, you know, whether or not there was a someone across from me in a chair where I was filing away on their nails. It was how can I create leveraged income? And that was when network marketing came about. And at the time I was very anti network marketing, Robert. Like if I could (laughs) tell you that, like my dad had done network marketing several companies in the past and by no fault of his own, you know, companies uh, going public. And so compensation plans changing Mm -hmm. um, people that he got started with just not being the most ethical people that he had done business with. And so never making a paycheck after enrolling, you know, over 50 people, like no fault of his own, it never worked out. And because of that, I was very ignorant toward the industry. All I saw was the outside. I saw the fights that my parents had over this industry. And so when it was brought to my door, it was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, we're out of here, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, so at the time that this happened, around the same time that network marketing kind of came into the picture, my husband had been laid off for the second time in our marriage, and we were losing everything. Mm. So because of these of similar layoffs that was happening, I mean, this was 2000. This was 2013, when a lot of this was happening. Um, Similar layoffs, like in our little teeny town, people work at the prison, they work at the coal mine, and they drive truck. Those are like the three things that kind of uh, fuel our little community. And when layoffs happen in one of those areas, everybody suffers. And that's exactly what happened as People started getting laid off in different areas in this in this pool that we are in. Their wives couldn't afford to come and get their nails done either. Wow. And so all of a sudden we went from making really good money to making nothing. I was selling like my furniture on oh, yard, wow. Facebook yard sale sites. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I got started in network marketing is I sold my kitchen cabinets. Like okay. I knew the house was going bye-bye, right? So I was like, okay, what can I get rid of before I have to leave this? <laughs> <laughs> and so I sold my kitchen cabinets and that was how I got started in network marketing. Mm. But I didn't have any influence. I I mean, I had a lot of friends, but when I brought them network marketing, it was very similar. They're like, "Thanks, but no thanks. Let me know how it goes," mm. right? And so all Right.
0: Let's let's hit the pause button real, real, real quick. Start, yeah. So you're, you're you're to the point to where you're starting to, to lose stuff.
2: Yeah. What, what
0: was that like? Like what was going through your mind as all that was happening?
2: So I have a brand new baby at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a brand new baby here. We were, we had a plan. My husband and I did, we had a plan where we were going to, my husband was going to work for, you know, doing what he was doing. He had no intention of quitting. I was doing great right at the time, even though I wasn't happy doing the nails, I, I, was making a very good income yeah. you know, for doing what I'm doing. And then when all of that was suddenly gone within six weeks, like income wow. went from what everything we were doing to zero, you know, it was stressful. We'll put it that way. If anybody on here that is listening or watching us has ever experienced that layoff where you have no money coming in <laughs> and piles of bills coming up. Yeah. And another part of that story is I suffered with um, infertility for several years. It took us four years to have our oldest Kate. Wow. And so not only did I have regular bills, but I had thousands and thousands of dollars that had been stacked up from infertility treatments. And so as these bills are coming in, I have no money to pay them. I remember very uh, right before we decided, okay, like right before we knew that we were losing our house or whatever, and we ended up short selling that house. But right before all of that happened, My husband came home because he went and just tried to find any odd job that he could get right to try and have some money coming in. And he came home from work. I was sitting in the living room. My son was sitting right next to me sleeping and I was sobbing. I was sobbing because I was like, there has to be something more to life than this, right? Like here we are. We've done everything right. We we went to school. We we did all those things. How come it's not working? How come it's not working out for us? And I remember my husband, he came over, he moved the bills to the side and he just hugged me. And he was all like, we're going to figure this out. We'll figure this out together, right? And I'll tell you what, my husband, he is a gem. <laughs> he really is. Because when I had that emotional breakdown where like the world was coming apart, he was the one that was able to bring me back to earth. And he's all like, let's figure this out. And that was when we decided, okay, we're going to go gung ho on this network marketing thing. And that's when it completely changed our lives. So
1: why not go ahead and, and and you know, put yourself out there? Because another thing people will tell you is that I, for some strange reason, have some infinite wisdom that I didn't know I had. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so I thought, you know, I might as well. So. Started to put myself out there, create my courses, my one course on clarity, one course on business foundation, and then other you know, private clients to come along um, and just, just really get myself out there and get and get things going. And of course, I write articles and just different things.
0: See, and like earlier, when you asked me about uh, your true power li- lies in your story, that's why it's there. Like for what you just said, you have infinite wisdom that you didn't even know you had. And when I'm working with people to... To create, you try one thing and it doesn't work. You don't have have to give up. Like, I went to try to sell insurance. That was not for me. I tried to go into real estate. That was not for me. I know most self made millionaires come from real estate. I just can't do it. It's too much paperwork for me. And so, (laughs) we take those experiences and we can create them into something powerful, kind of how I was saying in my opening speech. You know, it's, it's like, what's that one pain point that you can overcome and then make it inspirational? It's like everyone has that capability, you That's know, but correct. just but just most people don't think they do because they're like, oh, who's going to want to listen to me? Kind of how I had that. Who's going to want to look li- like there's someone out there that needs to hear it like only you can say it.
1: That is correct. I am a firm believer that we are that we all have that purpose. We yes. all have that infinite wisdom, that genius, if you will, inside. And it's just a matter of pulling it out and using it because we were all created with the gift, the talent we just, and that's, I'm a God girl. So we're all created with, with, you know, a gift of of talent, something to that effect. And we just get to go ahead and use that and, you know, put it out there. Nobody's going to know who you are until you put it out there. Yes. Right. You don't want your genius. You don't want your talent. You don't want any of that to end up in the cemetery. You definitely want to put it out there.
0: Yes. Yeah. The great.
2: Yeah. So this, so It's funny because like you said, the first thing that you try is probably not going to be, you know, it's possible that that's not going to be the thing that actually helps you climb out. Right. And so we got started in network marketing. And for those first six months, we talked to hundreds of people, Robert, like, like I said, everybody in my network, right? Like I made the list of friends and family. I was going on to Facebook and I was going into messenger and I was messaging people, but I only use social media to get people's information so that I could call them right? It was still Mm -hmm. very old school. I wasn't leveraging social media yet, really in the power that it could be harnessed. And so I was meeting with hundreds of people a month. Um, My first six months, I recruited zero people. Wow. Yeah. Zero people, not even a customer. Like (laughs) that goes to show that I obviously had to develop some skill sets as well. There was probably a lot of desperation (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. coming from me in talking Mm -hmm. to a lot of these people. And so I remember going to, to one of my mentors at the end of those six months, because again, I was frustrated at this time, we're living in my
1: You're not an expert, but you're an expert in something that somebody else isn't an expert in. I saw a guy that is a garlic bread expert. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) But it is a thing. And therefore, if he can be an expert, expert in garlic bread, you can be an expert in whatever it is, as small as you think it is making bows, tying shoelaces, you are an expert in that field, whatever it is.
0: Nice all right, so I want you to walk me through your mindset so you have these couple free free clients and said, oh, I should make it into a course take me through that journey to actually creating the course.
2: hundreds and hundreds of meetings and he's like you're just not you're not talking to the right people you need to go where the people are well, for me in my brain at that time when he said that, I thought, well, I come from a little teeny town I guess I have to drive. I gotta go start meeting <laughs> new people right and yeah. so I was driving all over the place. So little teeny town in the middle of Utah. It's two hours to get to Salt Lake City. I was doing that on the on uh, during the weekdays, and then on the weekends, my husband and I were driving up to eight hours one way, one direction, just to try and find people in other areas. So like for months, we went down to lot in down to Vegas. We yeah. were prospecting people on like the Strip. We were prospecting in casinos. We were prospecting <laughs> everywhere. And it was 18 months of that. We went from living in my parents' basement to living in my mother-in-law's basement because there wasn't as much negativity towards the network marketing there. And I remember in January of 2016, I hit another low where I was like, I mean, our residual check at that point was sitting at $80 a month, Robert. Like, and I'm putting everything into this. I have two little boys now, not just one. They're both in diapers. And I look at my husband and I, again, have one of these emotional moments where I'm just like, I can't keep doing this. I cannot keep doing what we're doing because it's obviously not working, right? Mm-hmm. But what's, what's funny is a couple months before this moment, we had gone to a company event and there was a gal that joined our company who she put 100,000 points of volume into her business in less than 19 days. Wow. And when that had happened, all of a sudden we're like, what is she doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, What is she doing different? And so of course we did what anybody would do. We started stalking her on social media and we could <laughs> see that she was doing something different. Yes. Right. She was actually leveraging social media at a way in a way that she had advised right now.
1: Yeah. Um, take their roadmap, go ahead and show it to them and work with them. Because another thing that I realize is people fall short, and maybe you can relate to this, they far, they fall short in the accountability part. Yeah. That is that that's that's another another expert area for me. I will, if I, if you tell me we're doing this, we are doing it (laughs) and I'm holding you to it. I don't care how long we have to extend it. We're, we're doing it. it. And so, um, um, work with them for the eight weeks, create that roadmap for them and just basically show that, yes, this is very much possible and everybody's plan again, different right? Because you may say, you know, and some of them are, found are are basic, you know, everybody needs a website, everybody needs to have, you know, their domain, everybody needs to have, you know, uh, their LLC, their, just depending on what it is, yeah. right? But some of them are basics, but other things like, you know, I need to get my marketing, or I need to do, you know, get on different platforms, or just, you know, how do I open this business? Or how do I look for, you know, space for my coffee shop, just different, just different. Um, and so for the most part, there's similarities and differences as far, but the whole thing starts with a conversation and you being clear about what you want or my, whoever it is, clear about what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I start very similar. I, I say, what makes you happy? and And I start there. I'm like, list out everything that makes you happy, every last detail. And then I'm like, okay, so out of those, circle three circle three that make you the most happy is that now who can you help in doing those three things? You know, like that's how we came up with, with my, my daughter's major. Like my son was easy because he always had a fascination with cars. So he's an auto mechanic now, my oldest son. And so my oldest daughter, you know, we went over the things that made her happy and said, all right, if you could work with a group of people, who would you want to work with? Like I raised, um, she and my oldest son, myself, their, their mom is fully not in the picture. And so she's like, I want to work with other young girls who didn't grow up with their mom. I was like, that that's awesome. I said, so now what field can you do? They're like, do you want to be a social worker? She's like, no. We're like, do you want to be just? We really went right down down the list. But she wants to do what I do because she kind of grew up with me in the gym. And so she's like, I want to work with fitness or with sports teams and do the personal development because because I because I tell people. I'm I'm more of a personal development coach than a fitness coach. I just use fitness to deliver my lessons. You know, that's pretty much how it boils down to. But we completely reverse reverse engineered it. I said because the last thing you want to do is to to go to school, get into a mountain of debt, get into a field that that you hate, and then you're still spending twenty years paying off the debt for something that you're not even using. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. so let's let's try to fi- figure it out ahead of time, and not once you're already through it. And then we're already paying off the debt you know, for you to figure out, I don't want to do this.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, a couple of things. One, don't you find it hard when people say that they don't know what they love yes. because or what makes them happy? Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> we really have to like, you know, spend that clarity time and really figure out like, because sometimes you can overlook it. Right. Yes. Sometimes you just miss it. You know, yeah. um, or you don't realize that that's what the happy emotion feels like, especially if you 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 you've never had that emotion or you don't you don't feel it often enough. Yes. Um, and and the other part is getting into that mountain of debt. Yes, I completely agree. You know, if everyone kind of just thought about what to what they loved ahead of you know maybe at 18, maybe at 17, because, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you don't really think about that stuff. But yeah, if if we just thought about that stuff in advance, we would probably not have as much student loan debt. And I'm in there. I'm in there with everybody else. Yes, I have it. (laughs) And And so we probably would not have as much because people would really be chasing after what they love.
0: Yes, see, I want to share, share something quickly. <clears throat> I turned down a speaking gig at a career and technical school here in Rhode Island. And I'm going back and forth with the assistant principal about topics. So, you know, we speak about confidence, about bullying, and all this stuff. And then the last one I said was, and I want to teach, teach the kids how easy it is to make money with, with the smartphones. And she was like, oh, um, we don't want to discuss that. I'm like, why? Like aren't you a career in technical school? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, but our basically their their goal is for for the kids to either enter the workforce or to go to further education. I said, which is cool, but they should still know that this exists. <laughs> you know, so it's like everybody shops on Amazon, but not everybody knows you can create an Amazon store and you can make money from Amazon. You know, like people, people don't understand that, you know, so it could be someone who's maybe, maybe they like to draw. It's like, so they can draw, they can set up an Etsy store and they can sell their drawings online. Like what is wrong with it, with exposing them to this reality? So it's like, you have a career day or something and, you know, you have your lawyers and your doctors and your policemen and your firemen and all these different, you know, why can't the entrepreneur come in and talk to the kids also? So say someone goes into automotive and they can create a youtube channel to to supplement their income like is is there anything wrong with that so i, I ended up tur- turning down the gig i'm like no because i think that's wrong <laughs> it's like it's like you, by by not letting them know the possibility a couple of these kids are going to end up poor <laughs> you know because they're not going to realize that there's a, a better way or another way to supplement their income
1: that's correct like school and school is for everybody Right yeah. and and we you know we know that school just isn't for everybody.
0: Drop and- out <laughs> <laughs> college dropout, college
1: dropout. <laughs> See? Like, and that that's very real. Like it does happen. You have people that are high school dropouts that still yeah. make you know ridiculous amount of money. It is very real. Yeah. Um, I guess my thing is that they that that when you start exposing kids, especially at a younger age, to what the possibilities are. Not everybody's going to be a YouTube star. Not everybody's going to be a makeup yeah. mogul. Not everybody's going to, you know, hmm. everybody's going to do that. But finding what they love and turning it into something, that's, that's like the real, you know, talent behind it. You know, yes. creating things that don't exist. They're going to be the first astronaut that created a YouTube channel, just an ex- as an example. They're going to be <laughs> yeah. the first, you know, person that did, you know, something. You know, that's like the real like niche and there's a market for that. There's people that are going to be eating it up because you're the yes. first person to do X, Y, Z. Just just, the different things that can come out of that. So I could, I could see exactly why you would turn that down. Um, yeah. What about the kids that talk a lot? Those are speakers. <laughs>
0: I was voted most talkative my senior year
1: Right, <laughs> and look exactly. at what I'm doing. Most <laughs> <Vote> social. <laughs> That's <Yep>. me. <laughs> right? Exactly. I, and it, turn it into something else. If I didn't start mm-hmm. talking to people, I would have never known that, you know, this is the path that they want to take. It's it's you would be surprised what comes out of, you know, just just uncovering who that individual is as a person.
0: Yeah. And. You know, once I first started dabbling into, into speaking, so now I'm not there yet, but, like, you start thinking of, like, Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and all these guys. Like, you think you have to be someone like that in order to get paid. And then you start flipping through this directory and it's like, Brenda Smith makes $20,000 a speech? Who the hell is she? Is right. <laughs> also, it's like, it's like really normal, everyday people can get paid like that to speak? It's like, Whoa. You know, but, but I had no idea, yeah. you know, as an adult, it's like, I had no idea. Like, I mean, I, I knew you could get paid, but I didn't think like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Jeez.
1: And then this start coupling 20. that with like services, you know, yes. you're a consultant, you work for, you You know, you can, you, you outsource your services to, you know, a firm or to a company that wants you to come in and speak about something or say, I'm going to create some digital products behind that or write a book. There's like millions of options and ways yes. to go with it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 endless, endless.
0: Agreed, agreed. And and now with most everything being virtual, getting these speaking gigs is e- is even easier. You know, it's like yeah. I, I've I've spoken on Australian news five times now. <laughs> you know, and I would have had to have, you know, it just wouldn't have happened before because yeah. most most things are in studio, and right. now they can just zoom you zoom you right right in. You know. Yeah. Like I said, 34 different countries and it's like click of a button, you know, you have to sync up time zones. But other than that, it's yeah. it's very, very easy to do.
1: Correct. A message and you just keep on a message and, and possibly a product or something to sell behind it. And then you keep on going from there. So, yeah. I you, know what,
0: you know, one thing that boggles my mind and my kids watch these people all the time. So th- this is people on YouTube. This one guy in, in particular. All he does is play video games. So they watch this guy playing video games. This dude's got like 8 million subscribers, makes like $4 million a year. And they watch him play video games. That is correct. <laughs> that that, that is dude crazy. makes more than the president. That is correct. <laughs>
1: is, and and like, this wow. is why the entrepreneur <laughs> belongs in schools. Because yeah, exactly. kid, he, just, he went ahead, he took whatever it was and turned it into something big. Who yep. knew that sitting there watching someone else play video games is going to give him that four million dollar revenue? Yes, like exactly. how would you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and so when when you're working with adults, it's like having it, helping adults to see that bigger picture. I feel is a little harder than with with, with the kids. Like the kids buy into it quickly, whereas the adults are, ah that's a scam or that's a this or I'm too old for this and I'm like,
1: no, no, you're yeah. not. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're definitely not. I always like to tell people to look at things when you're when I'm working with them. Look at things through the six year old eye. Yes. You know, as a kid, we had child and we had a wonder. We had like childlike curiosity. Yep. You know, we 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 just believed. That's it. We just believed. You mm-hmm. know, Peter Pan believes he could fly. Why why can't you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not physically fly, obviously, but like you know. Or within whatever business or whatever it is that you want to do, right? Yeah. Why not? It's very, very, very possible and very likely. Um, and so I always like to tell people, just just take take that step back and just think. Forget about whatever's happening around, right? Just put it all all, all out of your mind.
3: Mm-hmm. If
1: you can go back and if you can do this, what would it be? And that's when, like, the the oh, I've always wanted to, or I should do this. I even hear people start talking about hobbies and things that they've always wanted to do and, you know, they can or they, they could or whatever the case may be. And you'd be so surprised what comes up and what yeah. comes out.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear quite a bit myself <laughs> when I'm working with people. I hear so much. And my question is always, then why don't you? Yeah. You know, it's like, why don't you? So one thing, I was 38. So I donated a kidney to one of my sisters. And throughout that process was like the first time I really felt my mortality, you know. And so, like, coming through that, I was like, I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do ever again. And, like, and I mean ever again. Like, if someone invites me to a wedding, if I don't want to go, I ain't going. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a check. You know, like, it might it might sound jerkish, but it's like, this is my life to live. You know That's what I mean? Great. It's mine, and I want to do it doing the things that I enjoy. And I like what you said earlier too about uh, requesting ex- excellence from your circle. You know, so it's like I've surrounded myself with people who are just as crazy as I am that will go across the country to go crawl through the mud in Jacksonville. Like those are my people. <laughs> you know, and also like they, I like to go on crazy hikes. We do. We go on parasailing trips and. You no, know, we go kayaking. There's just so many things that we all do together, but that's the stuff that I enjoy. So it's like, do you want to go listen to the symphony? No, nothing against the people that love the symphony. I'm not one. So it's like, no, I'm not going. If you guys go go ahead, I am not going. So just learning learning to have the courage to say no, no. has been huge for me. Huge.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree. Although I do take a different approach, I want to try it at least once to say I did it. Mm. So the symphony, I'm going at least once. If I don't like it, I'm never going back. <laughs> but if it's something that I know I'm never gonna do, like I'm never gonna go bungee jump off somebody's bridge, yeah, no. I know I'm just I know I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm no, not.
0: I'm a daredevil, but I won't do that. <laughs> I, so- I have limits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that bucket list is kind of limited, right? Like yes. you know, it's just not happening, <laughs> right? So I like I like the idea of at least once, right? And I always tell my kids, how would you know if you don't like something if you don't do it at least once? Unless you're just yeah. really like not happening, no mm. way. There's you know not happening. Yeah. So just once for me, and if it's a no, then it's a no.
0: Yeah. It's like I that's that's typically my, but there were just some things that I know I won't like. I I, I just know I won't like uh when when I was uh, with my ex, she wanted to drive to Connecticut to go see this field of sunflowers. And I was like, why don't you go with your sister? <laughs> and she's like, you don't want to go? with?" Like, no, like that stuff doesn't do it for me. And I know it's not gonna, and I don't want to bring it down for you. Like, like that's my thing. I know you're going to be excited cause because I know on the other side to be excited and then to have the one you're with not be as excited, it's kind of a buzzkill. So it's like, I don't want to be that buzzkill. So like right. I would just, I would just rather not go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a definitive no for you. So you already knew you just were not doing that at all. It yes. just wasn't happening. And that's fine. But you know, then you know, because I, I definitely want people with me that are going to be, you know, gung ho about the same things or similar yes. things. And yeah.
0: Yes. Now I, I love that though, and I love the way you worded it—the requesting excellence from my circle. Like I'm I'm gonna use that one.
1: Yeah, they don't like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you got the right ones though, because because let, let me tell you, on my fitness clients with, with them, like I'm very hard on them, and it's like when they come to me, it's kind of like the name of the show—it's shut up and grind, <laughs> you know. So it's like that's that's my mantra in life. So it's like you're here. You're paying me money to get you to a certain place. So I'm not worried about all this outside noise. My job is to get you to that place. And and I'll I'll do what I have to, I'll say what I have to, you know, like that's just my style. You know, so I know with some with some of them I have to be a little more gentle. No, some of them need the foot in the back, (laughs) you know. Some some people need the long explanations as to why. So it's like, you know, you just got to understand who you're working with, but I'm going to get the absolute most out of you every time you set foot in this building. So they come like, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, then, then just leave. <laughs> it's like, it's like if you walk in the door, I expect
1: 100%. That is correct. Yep, and that's that. actually what I asked for from my trainers. Is I, my, I'm like, I definitely want someone that's going to push me 100%. Because, you know, and for me, I find, you know, fitness as a anchor to my day. Yeah. Because I know that if I start my day with, you know, pushing through, getting through whatever I'm feeling, maybe first thing in the morning, I know I'm going to do that for the rest of the day. Yeah. I already know that my excellence was, you know, I, I put in that thousand percent first thing in the morning. My rest of my day is going to be just just as that. So it kind of sets the tone for my day and just really sets that anchor.
0: Yeah, all of my morning crew, they all say, say that. Like if, if they miss a workout, they're like the whole day is just... It's, it's just gone. off. Yeah. Just like gone. it's just off if I'm, if I don't get that, that morning workout in.
1: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. At least for me and, and weekends I, I, I won't, I won't do it, but I definitely know that that Monday through Friday where I'm in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so besides people answering the question, like, what do you want? What do you like? What makes you happy? What is, what are the, are the biggest roadblocks you help people, get over besides the things we we've already discussed like the imposter syndrome and all that like what else is looming in there
1: um the biggest ones: excuses and mindset Mm -hmm. and i know we've kind of like touched on them but excuses and mindset somewhere in your life or in their life they were told or they believed that they can't do xyz somebody clipped their wings something happened yeah and because of that it is a battle of the mind And I spend a lot of time having that conversation, working them through, taking them through. Another issue that I find, or not issue, but something else I find is that we as women, we're so hard on ourselves. Yes. We're so hard on ourselves.
0: I I say it almost daily in the gym, almost daily.
1: We're so hard. And at some point, and there are plenty of times that we get to give ourselves grace. We get to take that step back. We get to say- this is the day that I did all I could do. And this is a day that I can do all that I can do. As long as you give that thousand percent to yourself and to what you're doing, yeah. then it, that's it, right? You 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 can't you can't exceed that. That's it. Mm-hmm. But and, and again, and another issue, we don't give ourselves enough self-care, right? We don't go ahead and we don't spend that time with ourselves. We don't, we don't, and then somewhere along the lines, women, we tend to lose ourselves, right? Um, we tend to lose ourselves in our marriages, our, our, our kids, our, our, lose our identity altogether. It's almost like we forgot who we were as a child. I don't know what happens, but you know, it does happen. <laughs> right. It really does. It really does. So those are a couple of things that I do go ahead and I, I have to work with women on, you know, just really saying, Hey, it's okay. Today just may not be the day, you know, like us aim again for tomorrow. Let's, and, and that's it. Get yourself some rest. Take care of yourself.
0: Right. See and 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 with that, I want to share. I want to share this. I, I just posted this on my Facebook page the other day. Said, you are the greatest project you will ever get to work on. Take your time and create magic. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: accurate. so like enough.
0: like what you were saying about self care, and coincidentally, tomorrow we have our all star <laughs> panel. How to love yourself without feeling selfish. <laughs> so that's tomorrow at eleven. But. I, I constantly say, I've said it on the show, I mean, it's been a couple hundred episodes, probably at least seven-eighths of the episodes. I always mention, you can't take care of anyone if you're not taken care of. Like, you can't love anyone if you don't love yourself. It's like, you can say the words, but, like, when you truly love someone, you feel it. Like, my dad wasn't a man, God rest his soul. He wasn't a man that would come out and say, I love you. He wasn't, he wasn't like the huggy, lovey-dovey type, but you felt it. It's like you knew it in the way he spoke to you in the way even even when he had to tough love us. It was like we still felt this like that man cares, you know, but he was always active. He was a very, very active man right up until he till he passed away. He was just constantly like the last thing he did before he went to the hospital to have open heart surgery was he and my son fixed my mom's car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like he was lit- literally busy right to the very end, but he never missed his doctor's appointments. Always took his medicine. He was always walking. You know, lifting weights. It's like he he was constantly doing the things that he enjoyed doing, and he he was never grumpy. Like I never went to the house and he was just in a pissy mood. Like never. And he was seventy nine. You know, when he when he passed. So I mean, he lost his filter a little around seventy two. But but he was just never he was never grumpy though, you know, and but that's because he prioritized him. And in him doing that, we all got to get the best version of him. That's the one thing because I, I work with 95% women, and the people who watch this podcast is 68% women. And so that's one one of the biggest points I try to get across is that when you're taking care of you everyone in your circle benefits it's like you're gonna be a better wife a better significant other you're gonna be a better parent a better co-worker a better leader because your light is gonna be shining and so getting them to buy into that that's the
1: challenge that is the challenge and <laughs> I definitely don't disagree that does show up a lot for me as well so yes. yeah I, I understand it's just it's just a matter of like I guess showing them and just telling them and just constantly you know, reinforcing those positive, you know, things in them. So I, I get that.
0: Yeah, like I, I always say, it's like this right here is where women have to adopt a little bit from men, just a little bit, is that men look for, for gains, women look for flaws, right? Just talking from the fitness sense, because you can see a guy with the biggest beer gut and he'll be in a mirror like this. Then you see a woman who's a size four talking about, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I can't tell you how many times a week where I say, do you know, there are women who would kill to look like you. Yeah. It's, it's like, yes, you know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. I get that. But the way you're talking about yourself is not healthy at yeah. all. Yeah. It's <laughs> the had talk just yesterday
1: it's the confidence. It's the confidence and it's an, a great book to read. Uh, what you say or how, what to say when you talk to yourself. Mm, that's that an well. amazing book. And it's Shad. Oh my gosh. I, I don't want to say it wrong. I want to think it's Shad newsletter, but I'm not a thousand percent, but I know his first name is Shad. S-H-A-D. And that's an amazing book. I gift that book to a lot of women.
0: <laughs> nice. because I, think, I might write a speech with that title. I like that.
1: That's, that in itself is just powerful mm. because what we say to ourselves and how we talk about ourselves is exactly what is displayed. And, yes. you know, there are so many studies that tell us as we as, and not women, just as people period, there are over, you know, 10,000 thoughts that go through our head and at least 70 or 80% of it, I don't remember the stat, don't don't like quote me, but like <laughs> it is an insane number of how much negative conversation we have playing in the background. Of ourselves,
0: yeah. You know, you know. Unfortunately, that's how we're wired.
1: Mm.
0: You know, if if you think about it, like if if you look at, I always say the squirrel is the most stressed out animal ever. (laughs) You know, because it's like they have to worry about land predators, they have to worry about hawks coming down. So you know, you see the squirrel eating, right? They're they're constantly stressed out, looking around. But if you go back to the first humans, that was us. Our our subconscious mind is wired to look for problems. And that's why so many people struggle with that, and especially women, because when the men were out in battle or hunting for food, the the women had to protect the young. So they were constantly on the lookout for danger. And so, yeah, now we're more modernized, but our DNA is our DNA. Right. And that's just what we're programmed for.
1: Yeah, but then it's a matter of like rewiring and that yes. in itself can, you know, take a while, you know, yep. rewiring and reprogramming that yeah. hardware. And that's also why it's like so important, even when we start parenting our young kids. yes, Right. Because now we have the opportunity to, to break that mold and to change that, yes. you know, that, that DNA or that wiring, if you will, you know, for our next and upcoming generation.
0: Yeah, see so I saw on your pro- your profile also you mentioned about breaking generational curses cuz uh when when I speak in schools more so in the in the the more urban schools I ha- have a speech that, that I call break the cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you're in that, you know, if you're in a cycle of of poverty or you know, if if dad's in jail or something along those lines. And it's like, then it's up to you to break the cycle. And that's what I tell, it's like, if somebody has to, like, if you don't break it, then you're gonna end up falling, falling into that same path. Then you're gonna have kids and then they're gonna fall into that same path. Like somebody has to step in and be like, enough is enough.
1: That is correct. And it's whoever that is. It is, you know, challenging. It is, can be a lot to overcome. Some people are just like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. Let the it's next true. generation do that. It's but true. then what happens when you don't do that? What happens for the next generation after that? And they don't get it. Exactly. But you caught it. Right. Yeah. So it, it is super important and, and so so crucial if you catch it to see what you can do to help to break it. What can you do to change things? What can you do to change the mold of the family or even within yourself? How can you, you know, switch things? So that way, going forward, it's no longer the way that it was, but the way that it will be. Yeah, and that's something. Probably another topic I'm 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 pretty interested in, and in a conversation I actually really like to have with people.
0: Yes, yeah, I I agree. I would say like, why not you? Yeah, you know what I mean. Just why not? What? Why not you? <laughs> you know, so it's like my my dad, my parents. So I, I was born in New York City, but like we moved out of there. I think I was. Two and a half, I want to say. Maybe, maybe I just turned three, so I don't remember it. I'm the youngest of seven seven kids. Like my older siblings, they have memories of, of of all that. But remember, my parents' house in Brooklyn burned down. Well, their apartment in Brooklyn burned down when my mom was pregnant with me, I believe, and we had to move into the projects in Queens. And dad was like, "This ain't happening." <laughs> he's like no so he actually left us there for I think like six months I want to say and he came up here to Rhode Island got hired building submarines and uh built a house well not built a house but he bought a house rural area good school system and went back to, to New York and moved us up here you know so yeah. so, so it's like when, when I talk about that stuff I'm like first thing people say oh well you know you weren't raised in the inner city you weren't this I said yeah you know why because my dad broke the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that's why I'm qualified to talk about this <laughs> because, you know, my upbringing and, and you know, everything that that I've I've experienced was because dad had the, had the, uh, what's the word? Vision. Like the fortitude, the vision, yeah, yeah. He, so he had the vision, but then he actually had the guts to see it through, you know? That's
1: correct. So and that's, that's actually explained. another big part of the, that's another big part of the puzzle is, the fortitude to push through. So don't, don't, yes. don't just have the vision. And we have our visionaries. We love our visionaries. Yes. They're amazing people. They'll have 20 visions for your whole life. Or for, yes. their, even for their own life or for their kids' life and anybody around them. Yes. But it's it's the fortitude to to get through and to push through, to make sure that what you are talking about or whatever you're whatever you're envisioning, you're also, you know, you're not just talking about it. You are about it you're making yes. that move. Yes. And so th- look at how many people do that. So many people make that move. So many people have to do go- I had to do that when I left South Florida. I don't have family up here in Jacksonville. Yeah. But you know there was there was uh, an opportunity and there was a chance and I just said, well, I guess I'm going and that was it. Just moved with my kids. Nice. And it just Got happens. It. You know, it it just it just works out like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, like we were saying earlier, once you, once you just get get started. Like, just get started. And people always say, oh, well, it's not the right time. Like, what other time that you promised? It? <laughs> right? What other time that yeah. you promised? I'm pretty certain you got just today. Yeah. <laughs> right? because- no, like It's like, we can't do work yesterday and we can't do work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why like we got work today.
1: That is correct. And I always like to tell people that you are dancing on a fine line when you say that because tomorrow is not promised. Yep. You know, you just don't know what can happen. You don't Mm -hmm. know. And that's probably like another rule why I try to avoid procrastination in a lot of things because you don't know what can happen, especially when I was younger with my kids. I would say, oh, tomorrow I'll just do whatever it is, trying to be undisciplined and, you know, unruly. And the reality is, tomorrow I had a sick kid. I had to go pick up another kid because the kid got sick in school. And then, of mm. course, I had to leave work to go ahead and to do that, pick up the other one from the sitter. Next nice free you know, it dinner's burning, so, yep. <laughs> you know, somebody's <laughs> vomiting, something. Somebody <laughs> and I that tomorrow just went right out the window. There is you don't so have true. tomorrow. You got today, and that's it. And yep. you have the sixteen hours that you are awake, depending on how long and how often you sleep. Yes, and that's. See, and that's the part that people forget cuz
0: I say that I say that a lot too cuz like the average person sleeps 6 to 7. So they might even be awake even longer. And it's all right. So even if you work 10 hours, you still got anywhere from 4 to 6 left over. Like you can't carve out 30 minutes to work on you? Yeah. That's it. 30, 30 minutes. minutes. You know, people will binge watch Netflix all weekend long and then tell tell me on Monday they don't have time to meal prep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> have they ever thought about binge watching while they mail prep yes. <laughs> yeah. binge watch while you mail. exactly prep. We're, we're, we're so modernized now that netflix and everything else is on our phone <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly it's like it's all it's all mobile so when i do things like when i'm setting up the the thumbnails for the podcast or if i'm you know confirming with with guests i usually have some something on in the background but i'm multitasking you know yeah. constantly multitasking but it's like just because you're watching a show doesn't mean you have to sit. It's like my my treadmill has a holder for my phones, and so if I'm gonna watch something long, I'll hop on the treadmill, and and I'll be moving while I'm watching. Or when it's nice out, like up here in Rhode Island, it's actually pushing sixty today, which is really odd for February. It was sixty yet yesterday, also. It's really odd. Usually it's like twenty, <laughs> but um, but just constantly on on the move but I'm very conscious of my, my fitness. And and people always say, well, you're, you're a trainer. I said, yeah, I spent 20 years in the restaurant industry surrounded by food. And I still prioritize my, 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 cause like it means a lot to me to be healthy and fit. Right. You know? So it's like, the question is, what is, what's important to you? So like when people come out with the excuses, all I say, all I hear is you don't want it bad enough. Like that's all I hear.
1: I know. But I also like to think that that um, I also think, I also like to think that people are need rewiring. Yeah. And it's just a matter of saying, hey, why don't you or what about yeah. or I think you can miss that episode or something that <laughs> to kind of get them to realize, yeah, you know, you probably could go ahead and you probably could do two things at once. And some people just really aren't great at multitasking. Yeah. Over so here, some people I know, I, I know a few women that just aren't great at multitasking, and that's all. And at that point, you got to make that decision. What are we really doing here? Do we really want it bad enough or not? Exactly.
0: So so true. It's like I typically say, say that stuff to my longer term people. Like I have this woman; she's been off and on with me since I don't know, 2014, 2015, I want right. to say, and like she'll she'll join, she'll drop thirty pounds, she'll get comfortable, she'll vanish.
2: Gain, g- Beach yep. Boss was kind of the manifestation of my own thing, right? My own thing. And I co own that business with uh, a few other ladies. And so, you know, it gave me the space like network marketing. I look back when I first retired my husband, it was a whole new dynamic because my husband was used to working right. And having someone telling him what to do and staying on task. And so it became a whole new dynamic of what's your role. What's my role? What are you going to do each day? Twice so a week.
0: You wouldn't keep this ebb and flow. It's like you lose 30, you gain 30. You lose 30, you gain 30. It's like, A, that's not good for your body. But <laughs> I, like, I was like, but then you keep going right back to square one again. I was like, you were huffing and puffing right now because you vanished again for the last five months.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I always like to I always like to think of it as, and this is something that just like I guess my own mental trick that I taught myself. And I'll just use like you know, that your your client, if I was to lose 30 pounds and then gain it back. But what about if I went ahead and lost 30 pounds, kept being consistent and lost 60 pounds? Because we all know it adds up and maybe 60 pounds isn't our goal, Yeah. but think about how much easier it is to maintain the lesser weight. Than to have to keep going back. Because yes. even if you said, I'm going to take a couple, you know, days off from the gym and maybe I'll just maintain and do three days, wouldn't that be easier than having to try to stress yourself to gain to you know get off 30 pounds and probably an
2: open discussion with the other person and you really get to the core of what drives that person, what makes that person happy, what does that person want to do? That's how you have a successful marriage and a successful business when you work together.
0: Agreed. It's like now, now that I'm single, I can see that. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like I step back because I can be, I can be overbearing, you know. Because again, shut up and grind is the name, the name of the show. Yeah. So I can be a freak train myself. So I, I look back on to some of the things that my ex would tell me, and I, and I, I would just be quick to just give solutions rather than yeah. just just shut up and listen. You know. <laughs> so it's like, look, like you're feeling like this because you're not ABC.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, if you did ABC, that would go away. that's not always an effective way of communicating. So (laughs) I totally get that. All right. So before we break it down, what, what would you say is the number one takeaway from your book?
2: Number one takeaway? Well, there's several. But I guess one of the big ones that we haven't necessarily covered yet is making sure that every single day, and we covered it a little bit, I guess, is every single day, it is possible. Let's put it this way. It is possible to have both a thriving, wildly successful online business and solid and deeply meaningful relationships with the people that you love and care about. It all comes down to setting the intention and having that DMO in place every single day. And so, you know, I tell people, you can grow a business in an hour a day. You actually can. It's knowing what you need to focus on in that hour to make it happen. So for those people out there that you're like, okay, this is all great, but how do I, how do I put it all in there? Right? First, what are the one, two, three things that you can reasonably focus on? Right? Because so many times they're like, oh, I want to be the best at this. And I want to be the best at that. and I want to be the best at that you can't have it all right. Like you can't be the best at everything. So how do we narrow it down to the things that are most important to you that you can be the best in? So if you have a nine to five that you work every single day and you want to grow a wildly successful business without sacrificing the relationships that you have, what can we put into this hour? You're, let's break it down into 20 minutes, right? First 20 minutes, how are we growing an audience every single day? New eyeballs on us. Because if we aren't growing a following, if we, aren't, if we don't have new people that we are connecting with on a daily basis, our business isn't growing. We're stuck. The next thing is, okay, the next 20 minutes, how do we engage with people to build no like, and trust or a little bit of influence, right? Because if 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 there's not influence and there's no no like, and trust with you, people are not going to buy anything from you. They are not going to join your team. You're stuck. <laughs> and then the last piece, which I lacked for so long, was that promotion piece. How do we actually have enrollment conversations. If we aren't, if we don't have a system in place that takes someone from lead to sale or from lead to team.
3: You've been listening to shut up and grind.
2: doing, you know, like asking the universe to heal him. I had people doing healing sessions. I had people in other languages sending me messages just saying, I wanna say a prayer for your husband. And they're saying it in another language, right? Like it it was incredible. And when that positive energy goes into something, anything is possible. Anything is, is possible. So if you get anything from that book, I hope it's that you can do it. You can grow a business. You can have the relationships that you want with the people that you care about. You can mend relationships that are broken. You can do anything so long as you are intentional about putting that drive and focus there.
0: That was awesome. I I, I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> that, that, that was spot on. <laughs> All right, so, so let people know wh- where they can get it. How can they get in touch with you? Yes.
2: Yeah. So you can go to yougotthisgirlbook.com and you can get your copy of You Got This Girl. There's also several bonuses and resources in there. You know, I have like a how to identify who that perfect prospect is in your marketing. I have a calendar that you can actually go through and you can start to put this put this in place each day right this dmo in place each day for yourself i have several things there so go to yougotthisgirlbook.com and we can get connected there
0: love it this has been, been a great conversation. Um,
2: I've loved it, yeah. I had
0: no idea that this hour went by already. I, I, I glanced, like, oh, glanced up. Yeah, I glanced up. It was like 103 on the counter. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: That's it's good. Been fun. I hope that your audience has enjoyed it as well. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. So um, I do I do panels. Uh, um, like I just did my fifth one on Saturday. And so I'd definitely like to have you back and have, a, have a, round, a round table discussion and so i think i'm pretty sure i have my february and march ones Uh, well february definitely i may have a spot or two in march
3: okay perfect yeah
0: certain and uh, i'll get my my network marketers in and my my online peeps in and i'll have a just a full-blown conversation about it
2: yeah that'd be awesome i would love it this has been so fun
0: (laughs) awesome that's what i love to hear (laughs) all right well thank you very much for taking the time Mm And uh, like I said, this was awesome. And we'll we'll definitely cross paths again.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Robert. And for everyone listening, thanks for joining. And, you know, I can't wait to be back.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right, take care. All right, bye. All right, so that was an awesome episode. So if you're catching this this late, make sure you go back and you watch the whole thing. She so dropped lots of knowledge there. I got uh, two full pages of notes. Like I, I learned a lot here and uh that's what this is all about it's about collaboration to help you get rid of whatever block is holding you back just get started if nothing else get out of this get started like she got started look at look at where she is now it's like i got started i mean i'm still on my journey but uh, but i got started and that's my biggest takeaway that i want you to get is to just get started because you'll be surprised the opportunities that are going to present themselves once you do All right, I'll be back tomorrow with episode number 200. Have a great day.
3: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.